Thank you that you move on every heart in life. That you begin to work a work in our hearts that only you can do. To stir us into that place of understanding and revelation. That faith might arise in our hearts like never before. For it is by faith that we access the grace that we need to live life in the way that you've ordained for us to live it. The life that you've purchased by the blood of Jesus for us to live in is all done by your great grace, your mighty power, but it's accessed for us through faith. And so we thank you as the word comes forth for our children, for the youth, for the adults, that we open our ears to hear, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. That will increase in our faith, we'll settle it in our hearts, that if you said it, we believe it. And in that settling of our hearts, we begin to access grace and provision, healing and deliverance, prosperity that we have need of to fulfill everything that you've called us to do. And so we thank you for working in every heart and in every life. We thank you for doors of utterance being opened. We might boldly proclaim and speak as we ought to speak. That each one would have ears to hear what you're saying to them. To cause wisdom and understanding and revelation to come. That we might set aside the sin and the weight that has easily beset us. And begin to truly pick up that which is ours and run our race that is set before us. And we give you the glory and the honor, the praise and the thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart and in every life. By your word and by your spirit, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen. amen. Good evening, church. How are you this evening? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's an awesome day, isn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Youth, how are you doing tonight? Woo! Praise the Lord. You can be dismissed to your meeting. Give them a hand as they go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why don't you greet three or four people around you. Tell them that you're glad that they're here. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. We are glad that you are with us tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just want to make a couple of announcements. You'll have to look at the dates. I'm not sure of all the dates, but here in a couple of weeks, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, that Sunday night, uh, we're going to light up the night. Uh, so our, our service will be out in the parking lot. We'll we sing Christmas carols. Uh, parents and kids can have a great time just doing a light scavenger hunt. Uh, we'll have hot cider, um, and the youth will be uh, selling chili as a fundraiser, so we'll have a great time uh, together the Sunday night after Thanksgiving. And then uh, also Christmas Eve, uh, 4 and 5.30, we're going to have our service, Christmas Eve service and communion. And then the 26th of December, Sunday, we're going to have one service at 9.30. And so you want to mark your calendar for that. We won't have 8.30 and 10.30. One service will come all together and uh, celebrate uh, Jesus all together that day after Christmas. And uh, then, believe it or not, we'll be turning the corner into 2022. And so, man, time flies when you're having such a good time. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know everybody you know, uh, 2020 was a really slow year because we weren't having much fun. But 2021, woohoo! 
Praise the Lord, 2022 is just going to get better and better and better. If you weren't here this morning or weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, we want to give you an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you can buy cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers uh, we would give you an envelope. If you give them by text, the number is up there. If you're watching my live stream, you can go onto the website, push the giving button, participate that way. We're so thankful for your generosity. And uh, we are praying that this is your best year ever. You finish uh, moving into the new year, having had your best year moving in to 2022 with great momentum, with the blessings of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have to give. We declare upon this people that you supply their every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for it. We thank you for your abundant blessing coming upon them and overtaking them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles with me to Romans, the fourth chapter. I want to get to something this evening, and then I want to pray uh, for anybody here who came. You need prayer uh, for sickness in your body. We want to lay hands on you tonight. Um, Just feel impressed that we should lay hands on the sick. So, Um, uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, starting in the 16th verse, says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. It is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. Who is the father of us all? As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they as though they as though they did. As though they did. And so we're going to talk about that just a little bit tonight, because after we pray for the sick, one of the key things is hands are laid upon you and you're prayed for, is when you walk away, what is it that you are saying? In the God kind of faith, it says here that really uh, God spoke over Abraham something that did not exist. He said, you are the father of many nations before he was ever a father. And it says when he spoke that, The presence of whom he believed, in other words, God spoke it to Abraham, and Abraham believed him. But he wasn't just believing anybody. He was believing him, God, and God is the one who calls things that be not as though they were. So we have to be careful that we don't live in a place of denial, and we just call those things that exist as as if they never happen, but we call those things that be not as though they were. Not the things that are as though they're not, but the things that be not as though they were. In other words, we're using faith to call into existence that which does not yet exist from the place of God's promises. And so in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, we, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago. It says, all the promises of God have their yes and their so be it in Christ. All the promises of God have their yes and their so be it in Christ Jesus. In other words, everything that God ever made a promise about concerning his people, concerning us as believers, what God promised, he won't renege on. He's not like, well, maybe for you it's no, and maybe for you it's yes. No. In Christ Jesus, he fulfilled everything that he ever promised for humanity. 
He promised to save them from sin and the destruction that comes through sin into the life, the condemnation, the uh, access of the enemy to come into our life to kill, steal, and destroy, that through Jesus Christ, he undid what Satan had wrought. And he took us out of a place that we were foreigners and strangers, and he drew us into himself. Not just unto himself, but he drew us into himself. That we begin to realize that any man that be in Christ is a new creation. The wonder of understanding and really beginning to grasp that from God's perspective that we're in Christ and Christ is in us. And so whatever does not exist in Christ should not exist in us as we're engrafted into him. And so there's really not a place to settle for that. So he goes, he, he says here, it's, he says, so that the promise might be sure. The promise might be sure. And so sometimes we're endeavoring to exercise faith in something that we've heard somebody say or, or, or a testimony, which again, not totally wrong. When we hear a testimony, we know if God did it once, he'll do it again. But if we don't know for ourselves what God did or what promise somebody was standing on, right? What promise was someone standing on? You know, when, when I was uh, coming up uh, learning concerning faith in God, there was lots of times that, that uh, my father or grandfather in the faith, however you want to say it, Brother Hagin, he would talk about praying with people. They'd come to the front, and he would want to agree with them. And they'd say, I want this, or I'm believing God for that. And he would ask me, he'd say, what scripture are you standing on? Because lots of times we're just hoping and a-wishing and thinking, and we're calling it faith. We feel something in our body or in our emotions. We feel something because uh, somebody has hurt us or something's happened in our life, and we have emotions, and we just think God should take care of this. And so I'm praying, and I'm believing that God will take care of this, but we don't know if God has actually made a promise about that. And so he said that the promise might be sure. And so really it becomes incumbent upon us as we begin to understand and be able to call those things that be not as though they were, that we're not just hoping and wishing and thinking, but that the promise to us is sure. So turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. So many of you know this, but again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what the word of God is saying to you right now. You understand that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what the word of God is saying to you right now. Not faith comes by having heard what God said and that applied to me last year. But the word is alive. The word is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword always penetrating and being able to divide asunder between our soul and our spirit. And so things are happening right now that may have been happening a year ago, but may have not been happening a year ago. How do they look differently to engage our emotions in something that could cause unbelief, even though we've said we've heard it, we've had faith in the past, but what God is saying right now, that if we listen to hear what is it saying to me right now, we can begin to put our faith in that promise of God. And so it doesn't come by having heard, but it comes by hearing what the Word of God is saying to us right now. 
right? Because God's doing something. I like that song. He's doing something right now. And God's moving right now. If we tap into what God's doing right now, grace is present right now. We're standing in grace right now. There's ability right now. There's favor right now. There's power right now. But it's accessed through faith. We'd like God just to do it. He's God. He can just do it if he wants. But he, what he wants to do is engage us with him. Right? If he just did it and we're, un- we're not engaged, the enemy will come to take it away from us. But if we're engaged, as we'll look at it in a moment, it's something that he can't take from us. There are things that Paul declared that the enemy might have been doing. There might have been things happening to him, but he declared some things that the enemy could never, ever take away from him. The most important things that lodge down on the deep on the inside of you, it doesn't matter what's going on in the exterior. It doesn't ma- matter if people stoned you and left you for dead. It doesn't matter if they've beaten you with 39 stripes five times. It doesn't matter if you were left in the deep and shipwrecked. Some of those things don't matter concerning something that you've embraced that nothing can separate you from. And just understand this, the enemy is ever living to separate you from what Jesus has done for you. The enemy is ever living. He's the opposite of Jesus. Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us. He's ever living every single day when we approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace. Jesus is right there saying, my blood's been shed. He's interceding. His blood is there. But just as he is interceding so that we can access and be participate in everything he purchased by his blood, the enemy is ever living to pull you away from that, to draw that out of your heart, to draw that out of your hands, so to speak. He's working to draw that out of your voice. Probably the easiest place that the enemy begins to separate us from the promise of God is he takes away the words of God in our mouth. Which actually we need to understand that if the word of God is not in our mouth, something has happened to the word of God that was in our heart. The enemy from the very beginning has been subtle. So we might get a little bit spiritually prideful and think, I've got that. But the enemy knows I've been working, and you don't have that like you think you have that. You're not having it like you had it at one time. Because I've subtly been working, and you haven't been noticing your self-talk. You haven't been noticing your conversation and through that conversation I've been slowly causing what you used to have and confess to leak out (laughs) some of us has sprung a faith leak (laughs) (laughs) faith wasn't really something that you get one time and think you know what I'm a container I got it faith is something you expend something that comes out and you continue to replenish it by meditating on the word of God, by 
staying in that place where the Word of God is real to us. It's not religious. It's not something that we study so that we can be a theologian. It's something that we look into and we draw the life out of it. We draw the promises. We draw faith in God. Not our ability to debate with someone else, but our ability to look at him and say, you said that to me. To be able to trust and have a relationship with him and the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit at any moment can quicken that and say that's yours right now. Grab a hold of it. Believe me for it because there's grace that will accompany your believing and empower you in this moment for healing and for deliverance, for freedom. You don't have to hang on to that wound. You don't have to hang on to the effects of that. Right now, there's grace beyond your own ability if you'll just believe what I've promised. It's access by faith. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He says, my son. How many of your sons and daughters? Well, they're right there. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. So listen, he's saying right here, he's saying there's something vital that is, needs to take place. You can't just think about the word that you know. You can't just, even in our, your daily devotional time, your daily reading time, you can't just read over it to accomplish reading. But he says, if you really want the impact of the word of God to begin to settle down and be able to receive it in your heart, you have to give it attention. You have to give it attention. You have to incline your ear to his saying. You have to take heed how you hear and what you hear so that the word can have dynamic impact. It can start to take hold. It can settle in your heart, not just be sense knowledge, something that I'm, I, 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 I ascend to in my brain and, and I'm looking to see how I feel about it, but it's something that drops down into your spirit. And once it drops down into your spirit, the life of the word begins to come alive in your spirit. And it works from the inside out, not the outside in. But unfortunately, because we're sense people, we're always looking into our senses to determine whether it's true for us or not instead of look down deep on the inside where the Spirit of God lives and determine that it's true no matter how my senses feel about it. Verse 21, he says, Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. Why would he say that? For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. There's something to be said for finding them. Not just reading them, but finding them. That we give attention and we begin to see and that aha moment that happens when we're meditating on the word, that aha moment that realizes as I've meditated on something that I've, I've looked at today and I begin to mutter it over and over and I begin to begin to confess it in my self-talk, I begin to say it and all of a sudden that light goes on. I found out what he was saying to me about that. And life begins to spring forth from that word and health to all their flesh. So he says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence, 
for out of it spring the issues of life. He said, listen, once you receive that word into your heart, he said, you want to receive it into your heart because it's life, it's health, it's strength in every way. But he doesn't just say, once you've received it into your heart, you're good. He said, once you've received it into your heart, you have to guard your heart. Because now that it's planted in your heart, it's going to spring forth. It's going to grow and spring forth with the very issues of your life. It's going to set the very parameters for your life and my life. This word of God begins to go into our heart, and it begins to open up and set a place, the parameters for our life, that we don't go outside of the word of God because the word of God is producing everything that it said it would produce. It's producing health. It's producing life. It's producing strength. Within those parameters of the word of God, there is strengthening, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's forgiveness. But he says, you can let it go down into your heart. But if you don't guard your heart, the enemy is there to take what really belongs to you. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Yet we walk around every day not paying attention. Not paying attention. And then wondering what is going on. Many times as Christians, we're scrambling to make up because we don't know what's going on, but we haven't given attention. We haven't inclined our ear. Our ear is listening more to what the news media is saying. Our ear is listening more to what others are saying about us. Our our eyes are meditating on what we see in the natural instead of focusing the attention on the Word of God, listening to what God is saying. And through that, the enemy is slowly trying to pull out of our heart the very issues of life to us. And so he said it's very important that we receive James chapter 1. He says, put aside uh, uh, all uh, filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. He said, listen, if you receive with a teachable heart, a heart that seeks to understand, the word will be implanted in your heart. When you receive it into your heart, it begins to spring forth with life. And we understand the power of the word of God being planted somewhere and growing. Then we begin to understand that our voice and calling those things that be not as though they were speaking the word of God and confessing, we know that as it was a seed to change our life, it is also a seed to change our situation. When we begin to call those things that be not as though they were, we don't change back, we don't backtrack on what we've said, but we understand that once that word has been planted, That the expectation for it to grow and the confession that it's growing and it's producing exactly what God promised that it would produce is important for us to stay with. I'm going to read this out of F.F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer. I agree, Olivia. Is that Olivia? Yes, it is. Praise the Lord. He said, many lose the, mani- listen to this, many, of, many lose the manifestation of healing already in operation by turning their attention from Christ and the word of God to their feelings. Before taking the step of faith for healing, get this matter fully settled. 
After taking the step, you are going to see nothing but God and what he says. Come on, he says, when you take this step of faith, there's a determination that I'm not going to see anything except for God in this matter and what he says. He said, too many Christians get in faith, they start saying something, but immediately they shift off of what they said to their feelings. For that moment, for, from that moment, excuse me, doubt should be regarded as out of the question and unreasonable. Come on, just saying. We found doubt as reasonable. Well, I know you prayed for me, but let's reason this out. I doubt anything happened because of the way I feel. This is what he's saying. It begins to undo All right, we'll just keep reading. The evidence upon which you have planted your feet is the word of God. The evidence upon which you have planted your feet is the word of God. To watch your feelings or symptoms would be like a farmer digging up his seed to see if it's growing. This would kill the seed at the root. When the true farmer gets his seed into the ground, he says with satisfaction, I'm glad that's settled. He believes that the seed has begun its work before he sees it grow. Why not have the same faith in the imperishable seed, the word of God? Amen. Believe that it is already doing its work without waiting to see. Yes. He says, receive with a Meekness, the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. It's able to begin to work on every aspect of, of the doubt and the unbelief. If we will just set that aside and say, listen, I believe what God has said. He said it, I believe it. It's down in my heart. To doubt what God has said about me is out of the question. It doesn't even stand to reason to begin to doubt what God has said about me because God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, will he not do it. It's just a strategy of the enemy to get us into that place. It's just a strategy of the enemy. So we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith is something that Romans chapter 10 tells us faith is in the heart and in the mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he said, listen, if we're going to have the faith of God, we have to call those things that be not as though they were. So many people are afraid to do that because they think I'll just be lying. But the word of God is true. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. God is God. He's not a man that he should lie. In fact, to disagree with God and disagree with the truth would actually be a lie. You say, but the circumstances don't actually look like it. But when we're approaching the throne of grace and speaking to the judge of all, he says it's really not admissible to just simply bring circumstantial evidence to me, but when there is the true evidence of the blood of Jesus submitted, what he's done, what he's promised, then there's true evidence based on truth and not circumstances. 
that God begins to respond to everything that he said in his word that we declare to him and we present to him that he has said it, that we believe it, and that he is able to perform that which he's promised, and we are accessing it right now, not by how we feel, not by what we just simply desire, our flesh and the relief that we want, but what he desires for us. What he desires for us. See, we think we desire more for us. We want to feel better than God must want us to feel. Come on, Jesus died on the cross because he desires for us to be healthy. He was reduced to being unrecognizable as a man. He was beaten unrecognizable, stripes upon his back, not because he wanted you to feel miserable and sick and you to say, why do you want me to feel this way? I want to feel healthy. You must want me to be sick. It's like, what? He said, I paid the price for you to be healthy, not sick. He's paid that price. So as we get to that place of beginning to call those things that be not as though they were, we begin to speak the promises of God in the face of what it does not look like. In the face of adversity, when it doesn't look like it's happening, but we know that the word of God, we've held true, it's in our heart that God has promised it. He's performed it in Christ Jesus. He's settled it once and for all. That Jesus is seated above the principalities and powers that are working to deceive us and to execute what the enemy has planned, to kill, to steal, and destroy. We come from that place of authority. We come from that place of faith. And we begin to declare what God has said, no matter what it feels like or looks like. Because we understand that God is watching over not our feelings. God is not watching over simply our circumstance. God's not watching over what we say about it, but he's watching over his word. That when his word is declared from a heart of faith, he begins to work to bring it to pass. Turn over to Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22. You all know this scripture. It says, uh, verse 28 says, you also will declare a thing and it will be established for you. Not just declare a thing and it'll be established. He said, you'll declare a thing and it'll be established for you. So light will shine on your way. He says, listen, when you're cast down, And you say, I'm cast down. No, he doesn't say that. He said, when you're cast down and you say, exaltation will come. I might be cast down, but a lifting up will come. Then he will save the humble person. When we get cast down, we say, I'm cast down. But he said, you call those things that be not as though they were. When you're cast down, you begin to speak 
what God has said. You begin to speak exaltation will come. A lifting up will come. A rising up will come. No, I am cast down right now. This will have to turn around in the name of Jesus. I declare a thing, and that declaration is a light unto my path. And though they try to cast me down, I declare exaltation will come. Mark chapter 11. Verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Other translations say have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Well, we just told you what the God kind of faith was, didn't we? The God who calls those things that be not as though they were. Things that be not as though they were. Really, Jesus was doing that with the fig tree. Verse 23, he says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He doesn't say all of a sudden you're going to see no mountain. He said, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, has the mountain moved yet? No, you're speaking to a mountain. It's not gone. It's right there. So you have to call those things that be not as though they were. The mountain that's there, I'm declaring, is removed. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. Verse 24, he says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He said, when you're praying, have the faith of God. Whatever God has declared, whatever God has said about you, those promises, whether it looks like it or not, you stand on the promises of God. He said, well, it's not happening. Well, wait a minute. It's already happened. He's already promised it. When he said, you'll be the father of many nations, as far as God was concerned, Abraham was the father of many nations. It didn't matter whether he had Isaac or not. And we just have to understand God. You know, we get excited. All of a sudden, he had Isaac. He's like, "Woo!" He was the father of one. Come on, sometimes we limit him. Well, at least he had Isaac. Listen, that was just the beginning. God said, you'll be the father of many nations. And absolutely, it had to start with one. But God wasn't finished with simply Isaac. God was going to go Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and move the whole lineage till Jesus. And he's still looking at what he promised from Abraham being the father of many nations. And he's our father of faith. God's never stopped performing what he promised Abraham. We're the ones that think temporally, well, finally he had Isaac. It's over. No, he said, you'll be the father of nations. So when Isaac was born, God wasn't finished performing what he promised yet. There are times that we're limiting God because we're looking for something right now, and God is looking for what he's going to do right now to be carried out by faith into the future and generations to come if Jesus tarries. He's working something far greater. Turn over to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Jesus is actually talking about uh, forgiving one another. And uh, we talked about that uh, some sessions ago, the importance of forgiveness when it comes to our healing and our deliverance. So he's talking about forgiveness 
And uh, his disciples said, my Lord, he's talking about how often they should forgive. And they said, man, you're going to have to increase our faith right here. Right? Most of the time when you talk about people, for forgiveness, people just kind of discount it and say, well, I'm not going to do it or whatever. But these disciples were really concerned. They said, wow, forgiving some people is going to be tough. We're going to need faith. Why? Because we're going to need the grace of God to be able to forgive people. And if it's such a necessity to forgive people, and it goes beyond what I can do, then it's going to take grace. And the only way that we can have grace implemented and active in our life is through faith. So they understood it, and they said, wow, we need more faith. And Jesus just said this. He said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. When you say, I can't forgive, he says, you speak to the root of that unforgiveness and command it to be pulled up. Well, wait a minute. You don't know what happened. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. Come on, we're trying to dig in the ground. We're tearing up ground of our heart, trying to figure out where to find the deepest root. And he says, you can speak to that thing and call those things that be not as though they were. Come on, if unforgiveness will affect God moving in your life, it will affect healing in your life, it'll create doubt in your heart, you got to call those things that be not as though they were. Instead of calling all the wounds and all the hurts, calling on them again and again and again, it's time to pull those things up. Speak to them. Call those things that be not as though they were. Thank God that he does that for us. He's speaking over our life. We talk about him singing over our life. He's speaking over our life, even though it doesn't look like it. He's calling us the righteousness of God. He's calling us healed. He's calling us delivered. He's calling us set free. He's calling us made whole. He's calling us kings and priests. Thank God he is. (laughs) Or we'd be finished. There'd be no hope for us. But his word speaks over us. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Y'all with me? Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse. He says, seeing then that we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. He said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. The confession of our expectation. He said, well, it doesn't say the confession of our faith right there. Faith is the substance of the thing you hope for. If your hope isn't rooted in some faith in God, your expectation. He said, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He said, hold fast to your confession. Why would we hold fast to our confession? Because the enemy's trying to rip it out of your hands. I want to read this again. This is by Mrs. C. Newsom. She says, Satan is busy trying to take from us what we take from God. Come on, just let that set in. 
Satan's busy to try to take from us what we take from God. God bids us hold fast what thou hast in Revelation 3.11. Jesus gave Peter power to walk on the water, but the devil took it from him by getting him to fix his attention on the wind, representing things we feel, and on the waves, representing things we see. Peter had the power and used it, but lost it by doubting. Come on, it says that we take something from God when we read the word of God and we begin to say, if he promised it, he's well able to fulfill it. What Jesus said about me, I'm gonna hold on to that. But how many times have you started? You've read something. You've said, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And all of a sudden, you grab that from God, but pretty soon, you have a different report. You have somebody else saying something. All of a sudden, you feel like maybe that's not true. And all of a sudden, the enemy has just taken away from you. Why? Because we didn't get a firm hold on it. We didn't hold fast our confession. We didn't say, this is going to be my confession till the manifestation. He says, hold fast to that confession without wavering. Why would I not waver if I feel like it's not working? Why would I not waver? If I, you know, just the circumstances say something different. I mean, that causes everybody to waver, doesn't it? Well, apparently not everybody. We have people who have gone before us without wavering. But the possibility of wavering exists for every single person. But God says, if you can hold fast without wavering, well, everybody wavers. But he says, don't waver. Stand upon my word. Get faith in who I am and what I've promised, that I am the almighty God. Jesus says, I am your savior. I am your master, your Lord. And if I've promised it, I'm the one who can complete it. Why would we not doubt? Why would we not waver? Why would we not when we don't feel it? Because we're not depending upon that. We're looking to the one who already paid the price, the one who can actually perform what God promised. The person next to you cannot perform what God promised. You cannot perform what God promised. Only God performs what he promises. And he says, I perform what I promised to the person that holds fast to believing that I'm the one that heals you. That you are my healer. No one else. You're the great physician. To begin to look into the word of God and understand that Peter was already, Peter was looking at what he had seen in Jesus Christ and he referred back to Isaiah chapter 53. 1 Peter 2.24, he says he bore our own sin in his body on the tree. He goes on to say that by his stripes we are healed. And he's saying, I've seen this. I've seen him hang on the cross. I saw him lay over that whipping post. But he doesn't just say, look at what I've seen. He refers back to Isaiah 53. 
That hundreds of years before Jesus, God called those things that be not as though they were. He called them and wrote them and had Isaiah say, he was already wounded for your transgressions. He was already bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement for your peace and my peace, the price needed to be paid for us to have peace with God, rested upon him. And by his stripes, you were healed. God's not talking past tense, someday, maybe. He's talking right now, calling those things that be not as though they were. And we begin to put faith in that, not what will be. Someday, he'll be wounded. He'll never come again and be wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. He'll never lay over that whipping post again. He's already done it. He's already paid the price. He already took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. And if he took them and bore them, there's no reason for us to do it. And we have to hold fast to our confession. So, well, I'd just be lying. I mean, I'd just, Pastor, I just, I'd be lying if I said I was healed when I didn't feel like it. Well, you can feel that way, but actually, you're standing against what God said. He said, you're healed. He said, you're healed. Come on, the world will try to immediately the devil come and say, well, you know, but there's a place where there's a tenacious faith that takes hold of it and won't let go. It takes a hold of it and won't let go. Because the enemy's coming to take from you what you already said you received from Jesus. To understand that we're not searching out here somewhere for healing, it's already yours. The enemy's trying to convince you that it's not. He's trying to take something that has already been provided for you. It is so subtle, it's so easy for us to think I need something else from out here. And he said it already belongs to you. And the moment you start looking out here, The enemy has come to steal it from you. It's that place where we begin to hold fast and say, I'm saying it. I'm saying it again and again. I'm thanking God for healing my body. Why, if I don't feel like it? Because I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. I understand that by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. There are things that are not seen right now that God promised that are in the unseen. They're provided by his grace, by his goodness, not by anything that we would do. Only by his mighty power and his goodness. But they must be accessed by faith. Faith is in the heart and in the mouth. We can say that we have faith, but if our mouth continues to say... Things are broken down. Things aren't working. Things aren't going our way. Things aren't what I expected. Things, we start to realize, I've grown empty in my heart of faith in God. So I need to get back to meditating on what God has said about my situation. And really, you know, sometimes we just dig in on that situation that exists right there. 
and we begin to just focus on that. But when we just begin to look at the Word of God in its entirety and what Jesus did, it covers everything. There are specifics to get started, but when you look at the, and understand the relationship that he designed for us, and we're not just looking to get healed, but we're looking to be enveloped in the healer himself. Because there's no sickness that dwells in him. There's no sickness that dwells in him. There's no wound or hurt in him. He's already paid the price. There's no bondage in him. There's no resentment in him. And we're in him and he's in us. We've been engrafted into Christ. If we only mentally ascend to that, we struggle. But the moment we allow that to settle in our hearts and truly believe that our old life has passed away and truly we have a new life in Christ, well, I, I got saved. I had a new life 15 years ago and not much changed. Well, now's a good time to say, all right, we'll just set that 15 years aside. Count it as learning whatever we learn, but there's more to learn. And that is, I'm not living the same old way that I used to live. Amen. I'm going to live in everything that Jesus provided by his blood. To live and to learn everything that was purchased by his blood, that not one drop of Jesus' blood would have been shed in vain on our behalf. But we participate in and we partake of everything that was purchased by his blood. I just want to read this last statement, again by Mrs. C. Newsom, in her book, A Life of Faith. Let me see where I want to start. I'll start way up here. All right. She says this, just jumping in here. It says, do we need deliverance from pain? Believe that you're delivered even before the pain is removed. Do you need healing from Jesus, the great physician? Believe that you're healed through his word of promise, even though for a time the disease seems to develop and grow worse. Do you need strength? Believe that you have it in spite of your seeming weakness. These things are already yours in Christ. And as you take them by faith, you will know on his word that you have them. Come on, it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That almost sounds just like what F.F. Bosworth said. Great manifestations of healing with them. Recognize their presence while they seem not to be, and the great creator will cause them to be. I love that. Come on. Recognize their presence as you confess them, as you call upon them, as you call those things that be not as though they were. Recognize the presence of the word of God and the creator will cause it to be. See, we're waiting to go, well, where's the presence? But we recognize that when we declare the word of God, the power of that word is present through our confession. We start to see it. He'll cause it to be. Often we have opposing forces in us that hinder God from manifesting that for which we are believing. For instance, such things as doubts, fears, unbelief, questionings, murmurings, criticisms, 
The desiring to see and feel instead of being willing to stand on God's word alone may obstruct the manifestation of God's power. Sometimes there is a real sin, a lack of love in us, or an unforgiving spirit or bitterness. These will delay the manifestation of what we are seeking to take from God. Let us call the things that be not as though they were. And if they do not at once appear, let us get rid of whatever is contrary to God's will. Then the unseen things will appear so that you will see, feel, and enjoy them. Oh, God is so faithful to fulfill all his promises when we really take him at his word. Come on, she says right here, I get it. Stuff's going to come. Doubts, fears, stuff. But don't let it get in the way of what God's promised. Don't let unforgiveness, critical spirit, get in the way of what God's doing. Set those aside. God's able to work to do exactly what he said he would do. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We can have some music. If you desire, if you don't, if you don't, that's fine. Anybody who desires prayer for healing, hands laid on them. Uh, tonight, we're going to lay hands on the sick. We shared what we shared tonight so that no matter how you feel when you walk away, when we pray, lay hands on you. The Bible says those who lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover. These signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. I believe healing power is present to heal. And when hands are laid upon you, if you just receive and begin to confess the word of God and hold fast to your confession, to declare every day, no matter how you feel, that Jesus has took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. The moment that hands were laid upon you, your faith and my faith combined together to create a result in your body based on the promises of God. And stand fast on that promises and not let doubts or fears or feelings, if you have things that obstruct, if you have unforgiveness, criticism towards others, just lay those aside. They're not worth missing experiencing the manifestation of God's presence and his power to heal your body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, we're a little stuck on sound, but you can come. If we don't get music, Jesus can work without music. There we go. Praise the Lord. So if you want prayer for healing, come on up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Just join with anybody here. Stretch out your hands. We want you to participate, not spectate. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're watching... Online, just attach your faith with those here. If you need prayer, just accept. Really just receive what God has said. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. As you lift your hands towards heaven, just say in your heart, the moment hands are laid upon me, I receive the healing power of God to undo that which the enemy has wrought that I receive a healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet because you are the healer. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. By direction of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
We lay hands on the sick. In the name of Jesus, we command you to be healed. We command her to be released in the name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, command this body to be healed in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we release healing power into his body. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we release healing power into her body right now. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we release healing power from the top of her head to the soles of her feet to undo what the enemy has wrought and bring total healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for healing power being released into his body right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you, Lord, healing her body right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we release healing power into his body. Top of his head to the soles of his feet, made whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We release healing power into her body right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for healing power, restoration, miracle working power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing her body. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare it. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we release healing into her body right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for healing his body right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we release healing power into his body. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of the Lamb healing his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for healing his body right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Healing power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for healing power being released into his body right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we thank you for healing power being released into her body right now to undo what the enemy has wrought in her body. We thank you, Lord, right now from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. You are beginning a work, a healing and a cure, strengthening, recreating, We release miracle working power to work throughout her body. We thank you, Father, that that which you begin in her, you'll complete it 
You're faithful to finish what you started in restoration of her life and of her body. We thank you, Lord. We speak life to her body. We thank you, Lord. We speak life to her body. Thank you for healing her body. Thank you for healing her body. Thank you for paying the price on the basis of your blood, not anything that's been done or hasn't been done, but what you've done. We thank you for healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Well, just raise your hands and thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Command healing in her body. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. You are the healer. You are the healer. You are the healer. We thank you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What you can begin to do is God's working in you. Do something that you couldn't do. Just begin to extend your faith. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, for moving in bodies right now. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord, for full manifestations taking place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So we know, we understand, we shared. Some people are sensing right now, things are different right now. Some it's working, you know it's working in you. But as we go from here, it doesn't matter how we feel. If you have a full manifestation, glory to God. Glory to God. We love to hear that testimony. If you say, you know what? I know something went in. I I don't feel any different in my body. Continue to declare. Hold fast your confession. Hold fast to that which he said. He said, how long do I have to hold fast? You just continue to stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. You might say, well, what if I, I don't feel it and there's another prayer line? Well, just go ahead and come on up and say, well, thank you, Lord. You're working in my body. I'll take an extra dose. Amen. Praise the Lord. We get sometimes all confused about stuff. 
Amen? Well, if I'm having faith, I don't go up there. Well, if God's present, just go ahead and get in the anointing. Get prayed for. But don't lose your confession that I am healed. Jesus has already done it. I'm healed. Praise the Lord. Well, the doctors report. Well, we continue to work. We're not against them. But we go ahead and believe the higher report. So we go through with some things, but we say I'm healed. God's at work. Amen. Just go ahead and believe for the highest and the best. Confess his word. For he's faithful to perform that which he promised. His promises that are not yes and no. But in Christ, they're yes and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just praise him one more time. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify. We glorify you, God. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We rebuke that confusion right now. You're not the author of confusion, but you're the author of peace. You're the author of peace. So I thank you right now. That one that's so confused, they're, they're struggling right now. I thank you, Lord. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Flows and begins to guard their heart, guard their mind. They might retain and hold on to that which you purchased and promised them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I believe we're going to hear testimonies ongoing what God's doing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, let's say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. And be dismissed. Make it a great week.